0: My name's is Mel Herbert, and he's Tom Wolfson. We're going to be talking about the cars, the batteries, the solar panel, the stock price, the man, the myth. We're going to be talking about everything Tesla. Why? Because we're talking,
1: talking, 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 talking,
0: talking, 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 talking,
1: talking, 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 ready, talking, 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 Name of the show is The Accelerator is Not a Break. I'm sure we're going to get to that. I'm coming from you, to you, from you, to you, live from Chicago.
0: Yeah, you uh, sound like you're at the bottom of a biscuit barrel in uh, Chicago. Are you in the bottom (laughs) of a biscuit barrel in Chicago, Tom?
1: I'm not in the bottom of a biscuit barrel, although I had a large meal of, uh, of deep dish pizza last night that I've, is, is really starting to affect me internally.
0: Yeah, it's going to affect you in many ways. <laughs> Why is it famous for its uh, pizza, its deep dish pizza, and apparently also for getting shot is Chicago at this point in time, right?
1: More murders yeah. per
0: head of population than any other city in America, I think, in the last few years. What's going on there, Tom? Is it the pizza?
1: We're not sure what's happening here. I know that the one thing I will tell you that's more pertinent to this show is there is a staggering difference in the amount of Teslas in Chicago as opposed to in Los Angeles. Uh, Uh, As as in there's more? There are a lot less of them.
0: Oh, there's less of them. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get to that uh, because I find that regional difference fascinating. Hey, uh, so first of all, you know, this is uh, the Talking Tesla show. But I wanted to shout out to people who are non-Talking Tesla—I mean, non-Tesla owners—to send us some yeah. audio about your car. Maybe you've got a BMW. Maybe you've got a Leaf. Maybe you've got something else. Send us uh, on your iOS device or your Android device a little an audio clip about how or why you love your car or hate your electric car, and we'll put it there in the show. Also, before we start, Tom, I've got to tell you a sad story. Very sad story. Well, I think you can take uh-oh. it? You're going to cry. What are you I- going to
1: do? I mean, it, it's. Uh, depending on what it is. I'm going to try to hold it together for you, Herbert. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Let's go. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. What do you got?
0: Tom, I I like to go to the range, you know, hit golf balls. That's uh, what Uh-oh. I do. You know. So I went to the mm-hmm. range and uh, had a good little session there, spanking the ball. And then yeah. I got home and then I'm like, oh, I better get my keys. Couldn't mm-hmm. find my keys. They're not in my golf oh. bag. They're not in a car. Oh, my gosh. What have I done? Can't find mm-hmm. it anywhere. So I go back to the golf course and think, How could I have driven home if I didn't have my keys, but it's not at the golf course. Nobody's handed them in. I don't Mm -hmm. know where my effing keys are, Tom, but here's the one good part of this story. Nobody cares about whether I've lost my keys, but here is the one good part of the story. (laughs) You ready? I can Uh still drive my Tesla because Elon and his friends made it so that you can drive your car using an app on your phone, and it is saving my buttocks.
1: Nice. So if I steal your phone, I steal your car is that what you're telling me
0: no you'd need to know my um password so on the tesla app i'm sure other cars do this on the tesla app you put in your password and it'll go driverless driving a uh, keyless driving and you just put your foot on the brake and it starts up and it's all good my only concern my only beef actually with this system is that why doesn't yeah. it use the fingerprint scanner because i really do not want to type in my password every time i have to drive but if i had my fingerprint scanner attached to the app then i could just go zing And put my finger on the car, and that would be way more secure than even my keys. Thomasina,
1: yeah, I don't know why Apple hasn't opened that, and I don't know if maybe Apple hasn't opened up that API, or maybe uh, some companies don't want. But it only at this point you can only use your fingerprint in the App Store occasionally.
0: You can use it for Apple Pay, you can use it in the App Store, and yeah, when I think about it, what other things let me use the fingerprint? I think Amazon, actually, I've been buying stuff on Amazon using my fingerprint, but I'll get back to you on that. This is not uh, the iOS um, show, although (laughs) it should be, because in about an hour, (laughs) Apple's going to do some reveals, which I'm excited about. Need
1: a new MacBook? Yeah, yeah, sure. Send one over.
0: Good times. All right, let's uh, get into this. So First of all, let's start with Model uh, S. Teslarati, we got this uh, from. Thank you. We love those guys. Here is some great news. They've dropped the base price of the S. And in fact, they've gone back to selling the 60-kilowatt battery for uh, a base price of now 66000 before incentives. So that's coming down substantially. Yeah. Now, it used to be just even a month or two ago, you could only buy... A75 as the base Tesla. But now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you can buy a 60 for less price. But here's the trick, Thomasina. The trick is it's still exactly the same car, but they've just yeah. hidden 15 kilowatts of battery In software, so you can buy the car at a lower price, and then if later on you decide, hey, I really want to have a couple extra miles there, then you give them eighty five hundred dollars, and they will over the air upgrade you to a seventy five kilowatt battery. What do you think, Thomasina?
1: I think the reason that they did this is because they realized that because I bought a sixty kilowatt Tesla, that they're cool again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Tom made them cool again.
1: (laughs) Uh, Just kidding. But uh I don't I it's interesting to me, although I don't really understand why they're doing it this way. And it's not eighty five hundred after the fact. It's only eighty five hundred before the fact. It's nine thousand after the fact. They charge you a little extra if you don't pull the trigger when you buy it.
0: I actually we've talked about this before on the show. I think this is fascinating. And useful, so I, I want to buy a Tesla, but I am not going to spend a lot of money on a Tesla. Let me get this base price Tesla. I'll drive it around. Hey, I am really liking this. Maybe I've got some extra cash later on. Then I'll buy it. It's psychologically very interesting because you know, incrementally giving Tesla five ten thousand dollars later on for more services that the car can provide is a lot easier to swallow than buying an $80,000 car up front or a $90,000 car up front. Give me a $65,000 car and then I'll go spend some more money later when I've saved up in my piggy bank. I think they'll actually have, it'll be interesting to follow, but I bet you most people will end up upgrading later on.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, it works out to be like $566 per kilowatt, that extra $9,000. So I'm not sure how that you know, ties into what we've talked about in the past, but it seems like a lot of extra money. Like, so let's say a year down the line, I'm like, oh, I could use that 49 uh, extra miles range or whatever it is. Do I really want to pay nine thousand dollars for it? The other part of that is, let's say you you wait two or three years, right? What what does the disuse of those 15 kilowatt hours mean for the longevity of those 15 kilowatt hours right like is that a factor that we have to worry about for moving forward
0: i don't i don't know we'll have to ask our batteries, but but i expect that it is not a deal at all if there is any degradation it will be significantly less than using the battery than not using the battery but we'll need to get confirmation on this. But I assume that not using it will result in less than using it. Therefore, after three or four years, it'll still have ninety-nine percent of its capacity. That would be right. my guess. But it's only fair a guess. enough.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think there. I think some of it is in response to how many people have bought a, or have put a reservation on a Model Three at the price point and trying to. To see if there's a few more people out there they can get into an S because they're making them now and try to, uh, you know, I don't know, get a little bit of additional money. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting thing that Tesla did, and I, I feel like a lot of it is in response to the response they've had to the Model 3 reservations. Could be wrong, but I think that's what it is.
0: And uh, this will raise questions about um, what that base Model Three will actually be. Are they going to make, as we've discussed before, are they going to make a Model Three that has everything in it? It has a 280 mile battery, and it has all of the stuff required for full autonomy in every single car. And then you buy the base car, and later on you're like, Hey, I'd like full autonomy. Here's another five grand. Hey, I'd like another 50 miles. Here's another 10 grand. Oh, that way they could build exactly the same car at scale. Yeah. And yeah. have everything in there. That, to me, seems like the way to do it as long as they're pretty sure that most people will eventually upgrade. Because you don't want to give them everything because there is some cost to that, obviously. But yeah. in terms of the concern about whether they can actually build all of these cars this fast, surely that's the way to do it. Just shove everything in every yeah. single car that's identical car in every way except the paint.
1: Well, they couldn't do the like dual wheel, like the dual motor thing. I don't think they wouldn't do that, but I could definitely see them making a single battery pack that goes from 200 miles to 285 miles. I could definitely see that being interesting. That's a big, that's a big difference. And we also believe that that battery pack is going to be much smaller. So. I mean, it may be that a 285-mile range battery pack in a Model 3 is only a 60 anyways, right? And the cost of them building that, you know, moving forward might be, you know, half as much. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show for sure.
0: So it is uh, interesting, you know, Elon has said that he wants to change not just uh, cars. He doesn't want to change just sort of going to space, but he wants to change the entire way we think about manufacturing. And I'm beginning to believe that this is the kind of stuff that he is talking about. Shove everything in and then software release um, versions of the car, which would make manufacturing a lot cheaper. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we just had a Model X crash. We've had a lot of crashes of uh, Teslas
1: in the news. But well, we, we didn't crash our Model X, right? We didn't nor, crash
0: our Not yet, not yet. Here's the story. This one's from The Verge. It said, look, I was minding my own business when all of a sudden my wife was in the X and it just (laughs) autonomously took off through the parking lot and autonomously smashed into the front of a building, which was not autonomous. And it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that everybody seems to want to blame the autonomous vehicle driving structure of the Tesla when it's not. So they went back again, as they've done this now a number of times, and they asked the car, "Hey car, did you want to kill the lady in the in the X?" And the she car didn't said, die. "No, I was not on." And what in fact happened was that uh, they were cruising along at like six miles an hour, and then somebody, a human in the car, hit the accelerator instead of the brake, and went flying off and crashing into a building. And uh, sorry again, don't lie. It wasn't the car because they're watching you,
1: unless of course the car is lying, and it's a it's a case of he she said car said
0: <laughs> that's right. maybe maybe the car is now sentient. it's like I totally screw up and I just don't want to admit it because it's so embarrassing, so I'm gonna tell the Tesla data Center that I wasn't on when I really was
1: exactly that's my it's it's a human's word against a car's word, and you know that's uh. <laughs> that's funny i mean i think probably from from the first moment we've had cars and car insurance humans have been like uh that guy came out of nowhere i didn't even see it that's how uh, um, i think but now with all of this analytics built into the car no more bullshitting the insurance companies. Herbert, <laughs> <laughs> that's sad
0: i'd like to <laughs> see if i can get away with crap but dude, no, not anymore
1: Of course I didn't hit the curb. That's ridiculous. That was the car. It just sort of leaped out at me and moved to the right. That's craziness.
0: Hey, you wanted to talk about quality and cars. What's this from? Vox.com?
1: Yeah. So there was an interesting article in this, and the guy, he makes a lot of interesting points. And the one thing, there's a lot of takeaways. It's a good article. You should read it. It'll be in the show notes. But the one thing that, that kind of stood out was like, can... Can Tesla make reliable vehicles, right? Like, so luxury car owners, people who can afford to buy a $100,000 car. Some of those people have more than one car. Some of those people have a driver to drive their car, right? So if it goes down a little bit, that's not that big of a deal. There's been some reliability issues with the S, not a lot. But if you think about Ferraris and Maseratis and Lamborghinis and things like that, they have problems because cars are very difficult to build. So these people, they just, you know, they have to get in another one of their cars or whatever. But when you're selling Model 3, for instance, to the big giant class, and this is something that Toyota you know, realized a very long time ago, they have to be quality. So can Tesla make a quality middle-priced car? Uh, this guy's unsure and sort of comparing Tesla. Tesla's sort of caught in these two worlds of like being a high-tech, futuristic tech company and then being a very old-school manufacturing car company, right? So they want to sell you a highly desirable, high-performing vehicle that you own, and the difference is like, you know, other companies that are working on mobility and transforming, like Google. They don't want to sell you car companies. They're just building technology to sell to car companies. So that's where I think, or where this guy uh, that wrote this article thinks that maybe Tesla is going to have some int- uh, some sort of maybe some problem moving forward. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Of- about that.
0: Yeah, it's sort of that uh, DNA thing. The article does a really good job of saying like the tech industry in the last 10 years is, in particular has had a basic underlying philosophy of change fast, iterate quickly, break it. Iterate quickly, break And that's fine if it's your phone and the app doesn't work. Oh, my stupid app doesn't work today. There'll be an upgrade tomorrow. Very different in cars. Cars, you can't have them break there if you make lots of cars with lots of broken pieces people get pissed off so it is interesting because they are caught between this tech world and the car world and what's going to win out and i think like you said model x users, model s uses expensive car uh if it breaks a little bit you understand you're on the bleeding of technology and you're no problem with it but the but the model three is going to be the car i need to take to work today i work in a factory i work at school that car's got to work so that is the question. Can they get this quality build from day one? And uh, only time will tell. It is a paradox, interestingly, that cars like Toyota in the lower end are really reliable. If you look at reliability data from Kelly Blue Book and other places, compared to high-end BMWs and Mercedes and Audis and Teslas, the more expensive the car gets on, in general the less reliable it becomes
1: yeah and i think a lot of that is just simplicity right it's there's less in it (laughs) right like it doesn't have all the bells and whistles so it's like oh my self-propelled heated air-conditioned seats aren't working well you don't have those in a low-end car (laughs) so they can't break and then the weird thing the other part about this that that sort of came to me when i was reading this was like where where is apple like in this in this sort of universe of things, right? So they're a a tech company for sure, but they've got manufacturing down for the most part, right? Like their stuff is pretty reliable, don't have a whole lot of problems, especially when you consider the scale of the amount of things that they're making, right? So is Apple really best suited to sort of straddle both worlds of tech and manufacturing with the car in the future and maybe that's their play and they have realized that they don't have to license the technology from Google. As we know, Apple's always wanted that sort of verticality of software hardware and so it would make sense that that would continue on in a car. So again, if Apple does uh, you know, move into this space, they might actually be better suited to do that.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually a really interesting point. Like you say, they use Foxconn and all these places, and they're really good at manufacturing stuff at high quality. And they are much more likely to wait and get it right than somebody like Samsung, which will come out with a new phone every three months. Apple waits, gets it right. Now, that's not to say they haven't delivered stuff that isn't broken. You know, iPhone 4, for example, you're holding it wrong with an <laughs> antenna issue. So they do right, have right, right. build issues every now and then, but they... As much as any company in the world have a spectacular ability to create really well-defined functional products that are beautiful, um, but they really have played in the high end. I guess one of the questions I have is, I have no doubt that Apple can make a great car uh, using some Chinese manufacturer but at what end of the market? Because they have never come in at the low end of the market. The iPhone is a ridiculously expensive piece of equipment. They do not play in the Toyota range. They play in the $100,000 Tesla range when it comes to phones. So are they going to have a cheap car, Thomas,
1: or yeah. an
0: expensive car?
1: Interesting. I mean, that's an interesting point. They definitely are in the high end of the consumer product in that space. However, they're, you know, they've, there's no doubt that they've captured the big market share in that space so uh, that's a that's actually a very very interesting point that I hadn't considered so mm-hmm. if I had to guess I mean, Maybe they pull the same sort of thing as a Tesla, where they have like this: "I want it, I want it, I want it" high end thing, and then they drop a, a cheaper one. Again, a lot of a lot of things are going to be in play, right? Are they going to where are they going to get their batteries, right? Where are they going to do X? Where are they going to do Y? Where are they going to build them, right? If they build them,
0: yeah. It the, to me, it's the biggest issue is the batteries. If they go to yeah. a car that's electric and autonomous at scale, who's going to build those batteries? maybe. Maybe it's uh Samsung. That'll be fun. Yeah.
1: They, or if the, they and, and the other part about it is like, you know, fast charging again, over and over and over and over and over again. I don't care what your car's range is. How fast can I charge it? Like, and still, it's only Tesla. No but, one's ever announced fast charging other than Tesla. No one. Where is it?
0: Well, there are some rumors that Apple is working on a eighty percent, the ability to charge a car eighty percent in five minutes using supercapacitors and stuff. But it's all rumors. But they've they have stolen many many battery and car engineers that do this stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. It's exciting. I can't wait to see what they come up with. Hey, let's uh, move on here because we know yeah. that you know we've got to make this one a little bit shorter because Tom is f- talking from space. Uh, Self-driving car race I just wanted to bring this up Just as an aside This was from uh, NVIDIA So there's the self-driving cars And they're not allowed on the roads yet, but you can race them if you want to and you sign a waiver. So a whole bunch of people, I think 20 or more sort of creators of self-driving technology, small and large, got together and they did a bit of a fun race in Northern California in the Thunder Hill Raceway. So they had uh, all these groups like Comma AI and Auto Stuff something or other and PolySync and Audi and all of these people got together and they said, all right, bring your self-driving car. Here's the track spend two days driving around and collecting data, and then what we're going to do is send you out one at a time this time and go as fast as you can autonomously and uh, see what happens. So this is the beginning of some new and interesting stuff that can be done with autonomous vehicles. And they said, where this will go in the next year or the year after that is that uh, you won't have an opportunity to see the track beforehand and they're going to put cars and have deer and stuff walking across in front of you and do the same thing again. (laughs) I love this because it pushes the engineers to, in a much more controlled manner than going out onto the world and killing small children, here's a track. We're going to set obstacles. Go as fast as you can. Let's see who comes up with the best technology.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's that part of it's kind of cool, I think. I, I don't want to necessarily see, like, F1 and NASCAR races in 20 years without people in them because, to me, that's kind of boring. Uh, although, you know, Disney made a movie about it at one.
0: I think that could make that really interesting if you could – like, there's nobody in there now, so it's just, you know, steel and stuff. Start yeah. firing rockets and stuff at them during the NASCAR race. That <laughs> would be
1: cool. I mean it definitely opens it up to a very different thing but it does, it takes the human element out of it so it's just cars racing cars and and then again maybe it's like a uh, becomes like a weird skynet situation
0: I think it's really cool It's see we're back to AI your AI that you've been developing versus mine well, in I mean, a car racing a- situation
1: Right. Exactly. Of course, it's all back to AI. Then you become like now you're competing with AI racing and then you've closed your AI, you know, labs down to, you know, the, the, the F1 car world is especially very insular when it comes to technology and stuff like that. So those people will hunker down, man, and they'll be like, ah, I get my ai drivers better than yours
0: i've already got the movie so you're racing these cars with ai and you're firing rockets at the cars and then the cars will get together and say screw this and then they all turn around and they book as fast as they can right at the stands to kill the humans oh stephen king and i gotta get the
1: busy this. oh my god sky uh, skies. <laughs> that's funny Skib- <laughs> i could picture business. you using us
0: Hey, uh, BMW and self-driving versus electric. So I've got a little story here, which is from electric. Uh, you guys going to have one from electric? <laughs> got to so have one in there. BMW Just has it. basically said that they are not going to do a fully electric vehicle into, until 2021, which uh, is a bit of you know, five years away. And five they years, say this yeah. is in part due to the failure of i3. They yeah. only sold 25,000 of these last years. But that is stunning to me because... Uh, thomasina where we live here in los angeles in the valley of los angeles i Uh see i3s everywhere at the parking lot on the freeway Uh, to me i thought this was a huge success i hadn't looked up how many had actually been sold but i see them everywhere but then again as you've pointed out we see teslas everywhere we see leafs everywhere we are in a corridor where there is electric cars just everywhere So this is sad. So they say they're not going to build a fully electric vehicle to 2021. They are going to focus on autonomy. I don't really know what this means, but I'm a little bit concerned, as other people have, is that so many people are interested in the Model 3 that it's actually killing some of these other car manufacturers' plans, like the Nissan Leaf its sales plummeted after the model three announcement occurred so tom is this oh, bad is model three being so powerful so big four hundred, pre pre-orders is it killing these other manufacturers plans for ev vehicles go
1: i think it is i mean i think it's obvious that it is and i think the reason that it is is again because of supercharging you can do a lot more with a 200 mile car that has supercharging than you can with one that doesn't so and the leaf is 100 miles and again Great car, lower price point for commuting, very reliable. So, a lot of it depends on like what is your use and and as we get farther down this 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 path to EV, people are going to want their EVs to do more. Now, people have been willing to take the sacrifice of an EV, right? They're willing to buy an EV because okay, they know they only have a commute, they know they only need a hundred miles, they know they can recharge, blah 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 blah. But like. If there's an an option for another five or six thousand dollars, and you can take your EV across the country a little bit slower, but you can do it, you know that's that's probably enough to just flip the paradigm in most people's minds, right? And again, supercharging, supercharging, supercharging until that exists for everyone. Uh, Tesla owns this space in my opinion I I, like the more and more We do this show and the more and more thought That I put into all of this stuff Like the key is supercharging It has to be
0: Yeah I think you're right I think two things are going on Here Um, one is that It used to be enough to have A hundred mile range but Even for a lot of people that commute you got The kids to the soccer and you're doing this and you're doing that and You want to get home that's there's a little Range anxiety 200 miles just takes that out completely for everyday driving. There's very few people that need more than 200 miles in a day of usual driving. And then you're right. It's Now I've got 200 miles. I'd like to go on a longer trip, but I can only do that if I can fast charge. So that's why the supercharger network works. And so for these other cars to work, they have to get up to that magic 200 to 300 mile range. And there has to be a network that is reliable. And it's getting built out these new you know, chargers that we talk about, but they are lagging way behind the supercharger network. So for now, I think I agree with you. But, of course, that's also my concern, Tom, that the supercharger network with another 400,000 in the
1: first year or so Model 3s means there's going to be lines
0: there. Oh, my gosh, please build more supercharger network. Please, please,
1: please. They're going to need to build more. I mean, a lot of the Tesla superchargers are in parking lots of, you know, companies and stuff like that now, but they're also in areas where there's land right there is space out there so they can be built out Uh, but again like the the other cars like the the fact is like the the bigger you make a volt battery like let's say you have a 300 mile range volt battery right You, you can't take 10 hours to recharge it like that's it just doesn't work that way so again supercharging man like uh I think it's time for these other companies to really take it on in a, in a serious way. I mean, nothing is close to 300 miles an hour, which is what Tesla can get.
0: Well, the new Chatham 2 and the one that the Volt, Bolt is going to use, theoretically, they can be as fast as and even potentially faster than supercharging, but they have to build out this infrastructure. Yeah. And uh, GM has said that they're not going to do it. They're going to wait for somebody else to do it. So that's... You know, I think GM and some of these other manufacturers have to get on board and say, okay, we need to start building this. Now, remember, we talked a few weeks ago that Tesla is also trying to become part of this standard for this new fast DC charging, which it seems like everybody else is going to use. That is the hope, is that Tesla is going to put some weight behind this and some of the other car manufacturers so that we'll have fast DC charging for all of these other cars that Tesla can also use using a little adapter at the end of your dongle. Now,
1: yeah, this is a good
0: time to talk about what you experienced a few weeks ago, which is you said you like I was uh, minding around business when you went to downtown LA and you parked yeah. your car, and uh, it was by a streetlight, and on there was a uh, EV charger. Well, we've actually found the story behind this. So here's what happened: LA ditched all its power-hungry sodium vapor streetlights, and yeah. 4,500 miles of lights were taken out. Over a four year period and were replaced by really low energy LEDs. That cost $57 million but is saving LA $9 million a day. That left a lot of excess capacity. a A year. A year, sorry.
1: Nine million dollars a day would be great. <laughs> that would be awesome. Six day payback.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> that's so, sweet. so they've got like a five to six year payback for this. Yeah. But they've got all this extra capacity. So they right. said well, one of the things we should do is we should chuck some EV chargers in here. So they did that. They put about a hundred EV chargers at the bottom of these LEDs, and uh, that's pretty cool. Although um, the mayor said that's obviously not enough. We need thousands of these, and they're actually planning on in- inserting thousands. Upon thousands of these fast chargers throughout LA. But that's the story behind your streetlight. I thought that was very interesting. Rob Rosenblum found that story for us.
1: Yeah, very, very cool. It's interesting to me. One of the things that was like, so what does that mean? Like, so in the article, it says specifically, like, that left us with excess capacity from our power plants. So, Like regardless of whether or not they – this is what I'm not really sure about. Like are they now going to not save the $9 million a year really because they're on the hook for that excess power anyways because they own – the city owns the power plants, the Department of Water and Power. So that part of it is still a little bit iffy and then they're also – They're going to charge us, you know, the EV chargers aren't free. They take credit cards and stuff like that. Although they're trying to make them so they just take credit cards like the parking meters in Los Angeles and you don't have to be a member of like ChargePoint or Blink or any of those other things, which I think will simplify the process uh, a whole lot, obviously, if they, they move to that thing. And then as part of this. And I think, you know, more importantly, the city of LA is requiring all of their new light duty vehicles, half of all of their new light duty vehicles that they purchased for their fleet to have a power cord. And that ratio is going to climb to 80% by 2025. So you're talking like nine years from now, 80% of all of the cars that the city of LA buys are going to be plug-ins. So that's that's pretty cool, and and to the last article, the LAPD is adding a hundred of those BMW i3s to its fleet. So I don't know, you know what what they're planning on doing with those, as far as you know what kind of officers they're gonna put those put those vehicles in, but it's that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: uh, Tesla uh, gave the LAPD, or they did some deal with the LAPD where they had them as pursuit vehicles. Like, you got a Tesla, it's dual motor, there's nothing that can outrun that up to 120 miles an hour faster. <laughs> but these yeah. BMW i3s, I don't think they're going to be pursuit vehicles, Tom. They're not going to see those on the freeway, and uh, <laughs> they don't go that fast, and they only get 80 miles on the charge. So, yeah, it's very interesting. I think LA is doing a great job, but as to the economics of this, at first I was thinking the same as you. Well, if they're just replacing electric charging with street light electricity you haven't saved anything but the difference is now they're charging you like they did for you so you can put in um, take out all your expensive lights save some electricity and then the excess electricity that you have you then sell back to people like Tom who needs a couple of extra yards
1: (laughs) I need to go three more yards in my car (laughs) I think I'll push it
0: and uh, let's talk about the plummeting cost of batteries this was really interesting this is from EV Annex. The International Energy Agency just sort of came out with a little study that said in 2008, battery cost has been cut by a factor of four in the last, what is that, six or eight years. Energy density has increased fivefold in less than 10 years. Now, Elon always talks about energy density goes up by about five to eight percent, which would mean a doubling every seven to 10 years without some significant change in technology. Um, So in the last 10 years, there's been a fivefold increase in density, which is way faster than you would expect, a quarter of the cost. In 2015, we had 1.25 million EVs on the road, which is 100 times the 2010 number. And this sort of goes to uh, what Kurzweil was talking about. We're about to reach this exponential growth curve. So in the same way, EV charging has followed a similar curve with one in 2015, 1.5 million EV charges and uh, up from just 200,000 in 2010 so again the amount 20,000 20,000 20, what did i say 200,000 no, 200,000 so you've got this incredible exponential doubling every sort of year or so battery cost is another fascinating one in 2008 the battery cost for an ev was $1000 per kilowatt hour yeah in 2015 down to 268 and yeah. people like gm are saying we're going to get this uh, down to about 150 um, dollars per kilowatt hour this year and tesla believes that they can get it under a hundred kilo a hundred dollars per kilowatt hour in the next few years so this is all suggesting ladies and gentlemen boys and girls that we have hit that exponential growth in capacity dropping yeah. cost and when that happens evs go from a, oh yeah that's kind of cute for liberal californians to hang on, this is the cheapest, best way to get me around.
1: One of the more interesting things is like, this is not just happening here. In, in, in Norway, 23% market share for EVs, which is massive. And in the Netherlands, 10%, which again is huge. And China sold more electric cars in 2015 than the United States. So again, it seems to be catching on. It seems to be getting a lot of traction. And, and as more and more minds and, and engineers are being hired by all these companies that are looking into electric vehicles of course they're doing work on battery costs and of course they're trying to figure out how to bring it down so I mean I don't know what the cost of a model S or a model X is gonna be if a battery is a hundred dollars a kilowatt hour but again if it's right now you're saying it's 268 for a kilowatt hour that's you know a uh, One hundred and sixty percent less, something like that. That's that could make a Model X a fifty thousand dollar car potentially, depending on what the cost of the battery is, and and, you know versus the cost of that door hinge.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, they used to say it was like forty thousand dollars of the cost of that car was in the battery. So if that goes down to you know twenty thousand, ten thousand, so you know potentially, yeah, you could have a fifty thousand dollar Model X in the next few years, and your Model Three. Well, it could get really cheap, or the next one that comes after it. Instead of being 35000 maybe we get down to 20000 The chief technology officer at Tesla, who's J.B. Struble, hinted that not only are you going to see these costs come down, but there's significant innovations in chemistry, um, and he's suggesting you're going to see huge improvements over that time period as well, which would be really sweet. This is exactly yeah. the sort of – the glory that we're looking for, the cost starts plummeting and the performance starts increasing substantially, uh, that's when EVs take over the planet.
1: What does the top of this look like eventually? Like, I don't know. It's it's pretty exciting to sort of see the, the change that we've had in just five years. I mean, honestly, like... The amount of change we've seen just since we've been doing this show, dude, has been just spectacular. It is
0: it is actually really remarkable and and Elon talked about it. He says, you know, well, we could make a 400 500 mile range car right now, but that's not really the point. He was sort of hinting at that's enough where he really wants to improve the technology reading between the lines is speed of charging. And I think this is we've said this many times. Speed of charging. If I Only have two or 300 miles, that's enough if you can now get that 40 minutes of charge to five minutes. And that's what these dudes are working on, and that's what I'm most excited about. That fixes so many problems. So now if they can do that with some uh, ultra-capacitor in there, then instead of me having to wait in line for my supercharger for 40 minutes, I wait for five minutes, boom, we're done here. Thank you very much. Let's talk about solar.
2: Solar is big.
0: solar. Solar is huge. Toyota, even Toyota, which is really not in the EV business, has just dropped uh, or is about to drop three massive solar farms on its parking garages in Texas, which is where its uh, American headquarters is. Producing it's s- to, oh, it's yeah. moving to there. Oh, that's yeah. right, you know, because we have a friend who works for Toyota and she's going to have to stop working in L.A. So. <laughs> 7.75 megawatts of electricity, which is the equivalent of 1,000 homes, which will give it about 25% of its needs. So that is exciting to see big-time companies like Toyota buying into getting green because I think solar prices have come down so much that companies now look at this and go like, it's stupid not to do this because we can generate our own electricity at substantially less than some big uh, uh, DWP or electric company wants to sell it to us for.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of electricity, 7.75 megawatts. And I wonder like what kind of... You know so that means that they needed twenty eight megawatts like what does a twenty eight twenty nine megawatt system take up in in space wise and and what is this the one thing that's not in this article is what is this costing to you I'd be really curious to know like overall like what what it's costing who's putting it in it is it is fascinating is because it's a that's a big system I think the article says it's like the largest private company solar uh, array being built or yeah. built
0: well it'll be it'll be dwarfed i think by the gigafactory because they're going to be 100%. but it's big and i yeah i am interested to know how much they're getting this installed for because we know in other countries in saudi arabia and other places it's not really pv based not um, photovoltaic based but some of these um, places now in mexico and in saudi arabia are getting under 3 cents per kilowatt hour installed so getting super cheap. let's talk about yeah. solar city then. so yes. solar city Has been approved, and I think this has been approved again, there's been some shenanigans going on over in New York, for $485 million in funding to help SolarCity build the biggest solar PV photovoltaic manufacturing plant in the world. They're going to make up to 10,000 panels a day. This has been a little controversial because this is part of some other big funding where there's been a bit of shenanigans going on, but um, it seems that it is now going forward and this place is going to make a lot of solar cells, but one of the downsides that you noted, or was it Roberto that noted that a lot of this manufacturing capacity is not going to be by humans, but it's going to be by roboters.
1: Yeah, I think that was kind of, I don't know if that was really where the crux of the problem came with this. There was the shenanigans that you're talking about had to do with, with some of the contractors questionable sort of practices that were going on behind the scenes and stuff so far, nothing really related to solar city, but, uh, but as they've gotten closer to this, I don't know, you know, how they sort of figure this out. They figured out that they probably would only need about 500 jobs on the factory floor because of all the robotics and all of the automation that will take place in this factory to get it up to to full capacity. Solar City had promised like 1,500 jobs or something like that as part of this deal, which is why they got the 485 million dollars. And and so some of those factory floor jobs are gone but that opened him up to having more research and development jobs, more installation jobs, more management jobs, things like that that, you know, according to Solar City pay 2 to 3 times more. So that's going to be a net benefit.
0: Elon, you know, again I go back to him saying he doesn't want to just, you know, transform the auto industry or he doesn't want to just yeah. transform space, but just manufacturing as a concept and obviously robots yeah. are a big part of that high volume. I'm interested to know what what price can he get these panels down to he's following the same sort of line as the gigafactory through iteration 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 and then through mass production you can radically drop the cost so what are they going to be able to produce these panels at in a few years time like the panels i just got on grandpa's house that i thought Mm -hmm. were spectacularly cheap compared to the ones i bought for my own house three or four years ago they're Mm -hmm. probably going to seem super expensive in a few years and that is very cool
1: yeah, but, I hope so, and, and and that will again like allow more and more people to bring it in, even in places where it's not you know as efficient price point wise. It won't really matter, and you know we could cover every roof with with panels. I mean, that would be that'd be pretty spectacular. Well, so, the only thing we're not seeing though, right, still in photovoltaics, are these massive jumps in efficiency. Right, that's the mm-hmm. the thing that's still sort of is a little bit stalled, right? Wouldn't you agree with that? Like as opposed to the batteries, like we're not getting the same jumps in technology.
0: Yeah, well, they're increasing slowly. But yes, like batteries, it's not a doubling every year or two. There seems to be a small incremental improvement I'm not sure um, if we're going to see a huge improvement. You know, people have, we talked about a few weeks ago. Maybe you can also generate some electricity from the heat, but that panel wasn't uh, particularly efficient. So it seems like the most efficient panels right now are in the low 20%. It'd be really great if we could get up to 30 or 40%, because you do get to the point where, although they may be incredibly cheap, they still require a fair amount of area to put these on. So if you could get a big jump in efficiency, so that your little tiny house could Uh, have just you know six or eight or ten panels and could do everything you needed then that would be cool but i don't know we'll see i haven't heard anything about anybody talking about big changes in uh, solar panel efficiency lots of stuff about potentially huge increases in battery capacity but not so much with the solar panels all of this stuff with solar panels and the giga factory and now the giga (laughs) solar factory makes me ask the question again as we've asked many times in the last year tom Where the hell are all those panels on the superchargers? You said you were going to build them. What's going on there? Is this a regulatory problem? You go to superchargers and almost none of them have big giant solar canopy arrays over the parking lots. Here in Los Angeles, there was uh, an ordinance sort of passed that high schools and community colleges we're going to have lots of solar panels, and they have, and it's great, so you go to my son's high school, you go to Pierce College, which is down the road, and their parking lots have these gigantic solar arrays that provide a substantial amount of the electricity needed by those schools and at the same time provide cooling to all the cars that are sitting under there. This is fantastic, but why aren't we seeing this at the Supercharger Network, Tom? Where are they?
1: Uh, again, I mean, we talked about this, it's just it has to do with like, economically, they're just using way too much energy at superchargers, right? There's no – there's no, the area that they would need to charge 20, 30, 40 Teslas a day, like, what does that mean? Like, it's, how big would those arrays have to be?
0: It's big, but he said, you know, this is what we're trying to do. So, just – okay, so you've got a set of stalls. You've got 10 superchargers in the corner. So, then yeah. just take up the rest of the parking lot and put a canopy over the whole thing. That shouldn't affect – Anything about EV charging versus no EV charging parking It reduces the amount of heat energy that goes into these cars If you own a big business, Tom, you're at the sort of the Walmart And Tesla said, we'd like to take up your entire parking structure And cover it with uh, panels and it's going to cost you nothing You'd be like, sign me up, baby
1: I think that's true, but also maybe there's something to the fact that I don't know that Tesla owns the land, right, that they're putting these superchargers right. on. And I don't even think that like like the new Willow superchargers in the parking lot of a subway slash Starbucks, right? Those people don't own the land is my guess. They're just leasing the space, so they may not even have the rights from the landowners to do that. And the landowners may just feel like that's, that's <laughs> Tom, maybe too much. are they coming much. to get you? Uh, that would be the lovely Chicago Fire Department. I hope they're not coming to get me.
0: Yeah, so I think that there's an untold story here. I wish somebody would tell it why this is not occurring. And you bring up some good points. Maybe it's because they don't own the land and they don't want to put the money there. Or maybe it's ordinances that are stopping that happening. But it's starting to feel a little bit like they need to do this for PR reasons. Um, you yeah. said that this was going to be sort of a zero emission thing, but right now you're just using the electricity off the grid. We have a pretty clean grid here in California, but I would love to see Tesla really adding to that capacity by checking up all of these cheap solar yeah. panels they're about to create. And
1: maybe once they figure, you know, once they're bad, the giga plant is in, in full effect and they can put six or 700 kilowatt battery things out there, uh, then it makes more sense for them to have solar at all of the places. But again, I think a lot of it has to do with like, let's say Harris Ranch, for instance, right? Like Harris Ranch just may not want the visual look of their entire parking lot covered in solar panels, right? Like it's not the prettiest thing in the world. I mean, I think it's beautiful, but a lot of people don't, but that, that could have a lot to do with it just on a, on a visual Basis. Did I? Did we talk about in the last show that the battery swap is not dead? By the way, at Harris Ranch, you sort of
0: um, suggested that. So, for people who don't know, so at Harris Ranch, which is about halfway between Los Angeles and San Francisco, mm-hmm. is a supercharger. But there's also the first uh, battery swap about a year ago when Tom and I went on Tom and Mel's uh, excellent adventure. We tried uh-huh. to stop there. They said uh, you can't. You have to give us 48 hours notice, and you have to tell us when you're coming back so that we take yeah. out your battery give you a new one you go do your thing but you come back at a a fairly specified time and Mm -hmm. you give the battery back and i thought it was dead closed down because there's nothing happening at that place the three or four times i've been there but you were there and what's going on
1: there's a guy there it's not dead you could i could have done it if i had given them the 48 hours notice which really bummed me out because i would have definitely tried it i drove up to santa clara you know two times uh and that would have been actually pretty interesting i didn't you know I started to I asked him a question of like how many people are using it He wasn't at liberty to you know discuss that information. There was a Tesla in the bay, but it had dealer plates, so it was one of may have been his car. I, you know I don't know what the what the deal is. One question that I do have and I want to ask them maybe the next time or maybe I'll find out next time I drive up to San Santa Clara because I am gonna do a battery swap next time. I'm gonna try it for sure um, is I have a 60, right? Do they have, are they going to put a 60 battery in it? Are they going to put a 75 battery in it? Are they going to put a 90 battery in it? Like it's the same space, right? It fits in the same car. If I did that, would I get more range for the remainder of my trip?
0: That is, yeah, that is very interesting, and maybe you could pay a little extra. Oh, Well, sir, would you like a sixty or would you like a ninety kilowatt battery? Oh,
1: that'd be awesome! I would definitely do that. But I'm, a, I'm going to do that for sure. I'm going to charge the show for sure for doing it. But uh, yeah, I'm going to next time. I <laughs> just kidding, Milton. No, but, uh, I next think it's time. A I great
0: up. idea. We should totally do. It. I suspect I have no basis except for um, anecdotal driving past there a number of times and seeing nobody in there. I yeah. suspect that they have done. Three battery swaps in the issue of that place. (laughs) Hey, look, we've got 5,000 people listening to the show. Has anybody done a battery swap? I don't know where the other one is. One's at Harris Ranch. There's another one, I think. Has anybody done a battery swap? If you have, please send us an audio email so that we can put it on the show. I just um, I want to know. I don't think that they've done one.
1: Yeah, they must have done at least one. My guess is they do Elons, like when he goes up and down, like (laughs) –
0: Maybe. I if think he's, he's flying. Hey, let's finish off with driving. SpaceX. So this is uh, yes. something that you found from CNBC. So I'll, I'll summarize what I thought their points were, but you wanted to make the larger point, which is they said SpaceX has been really, really good at what it does, which is basically about radically reducing the cost of flying things into space. And they keep iterating, and they keep getting better, and now they're doing lots of launches, and they're basically eating the other aerospace companies for lunch because they're doing stuff at a tenth the price. And then people start complaining, but, you know, they've raised expectations so high, they can't possibly now jump over the new bar that they have set.
1: Yeah, I I think they can jump over that new bar, but they set it really high. You know, they've landed four of those things. They have a big backlog of launches. They want to launch, you know, they want to launch a lot more vehicles and moving. I do think that part of it is very interesting. Like, they've done such a good job. That like now people want more and more and more and more. It's like your, your student is a straight A student and now you're like, oh, you have to get into Harvard. And if he doesn't get into Harvard, he's a disappointment. Oh, darn it. He only went to Princeton. Like seriously? Come on. Like it's amazing what they're doing over there. The people are working hard. They're trying to grow. They're, they're in like a, a smallish type hangar in Hawthorne. Uh, you know, so they're definitely going to have to grow space wise. They've bought, you know, every time a building comes open in that area, they're trying to buy it up or, or at least lease it out for more and more engineering space and manufacturing space. So, you know, again, they just got a big infusion of cash. Uh, you know, you can't invest me and you can't invest in space, but, but Google can. Um, so, you know, Google just invested another, like, I think it was Google and, uh, what the hell was the other company? According to the CNBC article, it was Google and Fidelity Investments just invested $1 billion for 10% of the company. So that gives it like a $10 billion valuation. They have current contracts for $4.2 billion for hauling astronauts and supplies. And, you know, uh, I, you know. Uh, Elon wants to send them to Mars, as we talked about. So, you know, SpaceX is is moving. It has forty missions currently on its launch manifest. Forty missions. So that's that's pretty impressive. And again, they are they are eating the lunch of everyone else. And if they can continue on this pace, and they can continue to land rockets and and reuse engines, uh, that's That's pretty amazing. I mean, that's obviously no one's ever done that before.
0: This is uh, part of this broader topic about uh, the media. And, you know, we're seeing this with Tesla right now. So Tesla is fantastic. Tesla is amazing. So you get all this positive, 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 positive media hype. And then that doesn't get you clicks anymore. So what you then have to do is say Tesla is doomed. Tesla sucks. Tesla breaks all the time, which is what we're going through right now. And there's this, just hype it, over-hype it, and then over-criticize it. Over-hype it, over-criticize it. So right now, there's lots of positive hype for SpaceX, and you watch as soon as the next rocket blows up, and particularly if there's people on that rocket, it's going to be, yeah. this is the end of civilization as we know it. And I think it's just important as a smart consumer of information and from the media is to realize why this happens this way. It's because it's all about clicks, and it's yeah. all about positive or negative, no sort of middle ground, thoughtful discussion. It's like all good or all bad. Hey guys, um, this is
2: uh, David from uh, New Orleans. And David has a few comments. Or some people outside of our fair city would say New Orleans. I guess my claim to fame is I think I was the first person to give you guys a whole $10 so you all could go buy some pizza when you all started your podcast. But hey, been listening to it since then. Do a great job at the hoot. Uh, Me being from uh, New Orleans. And we know something about uh, tropical storms, hurricanes, and I think one particular one uh, called Katrina. And David goes on
0: to make a really, really interesting and important point. You're in New Orleans, and uh, Katrina's coming in, and they say everybody out of the city, and far out of the city. You've got to go 100 miles inland or more. If you've got a gas-based city then everybody has big long lines, maybe hours there, um, getting their gas and then getting out of the city. But it's doable, right? Well, he was saying, what happens when everybody has an EV and if that EV charging takes 45 minutes and people are going to want to fill all the way up? Instead of having hours at the gas line, you might have, with current uh, infrastructure, days at the gas line. That could be a disaster. And I think it's a really good point. As we move to the electrification of our transport system, this is why we have to have really robust infrastructure to do that because of situations like this that I would never have thought about if David hadn't brought it up. And so if there's a million Teslas uh, tomorrow in New Orleans and not a million superchargers or that supercharger takes an hour instead of five minutes, we have a problem. So just another reason to build out this infrastructure, another reason to get fast charging moving, really interesting thought experiment and David also has a theory on who this evil empire is that Elon was suggesting that he doesn't like the idea of them having AI and it was none of the people that we were talking about last
2: week well it's pretty obvious who it is because they're collecting data on everybody they're collecting google's information they're collecting apple's information they're collecting everybody's phone information they have more information than facebook google everybody put together And it's called the NSA. Edward Snowden uh, uh, warned us about them. That's who you have to worry about. They've got all the information. They've got more than all the other companies combined because they're collecting everything.
0: And actually, if we had have thought about it for more than 1.5 seconds, I think David's absolutely right. Of all of the people to be concerned about right now, I think governments, the NSA, for example is something we should be really concerned about. And we are happy to give up our rights to people like the NSA when there's a terrorist strike. And it's understandable, but long-term, it is incredibly dangerous, particularly if DARPA and the NSA get together and they come up with the super smartest of all-time AI. Do we become the proverbial house cat, as Elon suggested, when AI takes over in this circumstance? Makes you worried. Our friend Robert couldn't be in studio, but he did want to say something specifically about that Tesla Model S crash. It's got him quite upset.
3: This latest crash of a Tesla due to driver error is rather troubling. I'm not so troubled because the wife lied and said that the car launched. It was in automatic mode or it was on cruise control and she lost control of it. It's obvious, Tesla revealed from reviewing the logs, that she stepped on the wrong pedal, despite what her husband said about her not being old or infirm. What really troubles me is that Teslas are more of a computer than a car. And a lot of people aren't good with computers, or technology for that matter. And when you put a vehicle that's basically a computer attached to a drivetrain with the torque of an aircraft carrier catapult, that's a recipe for trouble. Tesla is going to be producing not a hundred thousand cars, but a half a million cars, or maybe even a million or more cars a year. And soon we're going to have this really widely distributed, and people have to be very careful to know the car before they start driving the car. I kind of feel bad for the woman who lied. She's got now her husband against her because she's been outed by Tesla. She's got the Tesla community coming down on her, and. She is on Elon's shit list. She'll never be invited to any of the cool events, and I'm sure her husband won't either.
0: Oh, Robert, I'm sure you are correct. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're running out of time here, but hey, we're really into this. uh, Send us an audio email so that we can uh, incorporate it into the show. But let's uh, end this. it has been going long enough with crappy audio this week. Let's uh, keep it short. We're going to let Tom go. Uh, we're sorry that the quality of the connection wasn't as great as we'd hoped. But um, are you in uh, Chicago next week there,
1: Thomasina? Next Monday, I'm actually going to be in South Dakota.
0: And I just got a little note here from our producer, Cece, who says, yeah. while you guys are recording this morning, I'm driving my piece of crap ice car to Glendale to be fixed so that it can pass a smog test. <laughs> These are the things we'll never have to deal with again once Elon takes over. Thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I-
0: boys and girls, his name was Tom Wilson. My name was Mel Herbert. This was Talking Tesla 38. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we've been talking, talking, talking,
1: talking, talking,
0: talking, talking,
1: talking,
2: talking,
0: talking, 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 talking,